listening to Rattle and Pedal, diversion thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. So, Jeff, you convinced me to do a podcast on taglines, which is actually, I think, your most hated subject. So I don't understand why we're doing this, but we'll do it anyway. <laughs> well, isn't that what we always do? Or like, man, what do you really want to talk about? All right, let's talk about that. Because there's a reason we don't want to talk about it. It's a funny way to start a podcast, that's for sure. But it's not as funny as where you are right now. <laughs> Why don't you tell our listeners where you're sitting? Oh, well, I'm in, I'm in a closet. I'm sitting in a closet. There's probably a lot of metaphors coming to people's minds. But yeah, so I'm sequestered in a closet doing a podcast with you. I don't know what the tagline is for that. Maybe we can create one by the end of the episode. Dedicated to rattle and pedal. Dedicated. Yes. Dedicated. Well, because Jason's on vacation, but we have to keep the presses running. So he is in the closet. Is the family out at the pool, out at the beach? Where, where's are, the family? It's raining right now. So they, I think they're, they're watching shows or something probably. So this is going to be a podcast that's going to be really tight because the subject is <laughs> one we both love. And you need to get back on vacation. Yeah. I mean, so taglines, huh? What are they good for, right? I made a list of taglines that I've either liked or have stuck with me over the years in preparation for this. At one time, I mentioned this to you and I, and I didn't take the time to dig it up. We used to have a framework for this where we had a whole bunch of different sort of types of taglines and their intended use cases. And I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, although I think I managed to remember a few of them. But I think the central question before we get into specific taglines would be, are taglines even a good investment for a B2B marketer or a professional services firm? And if so, when and how? When would it make sense? And why would it be a good investment of resources to develop a tagline? Do you have any thoughts on that? I, I, had, I hadn't thought about it coming into it, but you probably have. I have thought about it because I've had to work with taglines that my forebears have created or have been asked to create them. and. I, I'm just not a, a big fan of, of taglines, particularly in professional services firms. And the impetus for this podcast was my disdain or objection to <laughs> taglines <laughs> in professional services prompted me to write a blog post. And it is one of the most popular blog posts on my website. And I'm, I'm sure it's popular from an SEO perspective primarily because People are out there looking for taglines and the SEO long tail word on it is simply professional services taglines, I think. And it's one of the most popular, as I said, blog posts, but we don't do taglines <laughs> because I think they suck up so much resource. And when I say resource, marketing time, but more important in a partnership, everybody trying to agree to what the tagline should be, that they're, they're really not worth it. If you were to think about taglines in professional services in particular, and maybe B2B in general, you're hard pressed to, I would think, to remember any tagline, save maybe Accenture's high performance delivered. Yeah, that's it. And that's a great one. We've talked about that rooted out of their Tiger Woods campaign, all the work they were doing about high performance. And they are a rare exception of, of a firm that 
manages to distill the, the central premise of the firm, the central idea of the firm down to a very simple concept. I mean, my sense is that the, the biggest challenge of a tagline for a firm is just simply that. I mean, it's so hard to get a firm to agree on where it wants to grow and how it wants to grow and even what their ideal client looks like, let alone get down to three or five words that describe firm in some meaningful way to clients that it just seems like almost a fool's game to try. That tagline didn't actually make it on my list for whatever reason, but it is a great one. I mean, the only other one I can think of, I don't know if it's a tagline per se, but it's just IBM Smarter Planet campaign that they've done. I don't think it's a tagline per se, but it certainly feels like one. And that's one that I think has been a very successful campaign for them. It's positioned the, the organization in the right way. Of course, IBM is much broader than than most professional services firms. Another one on the B2B front that came to mind for me was not really a tagline either, but is back in the day, it's been really critical, was the no software mark that Salesforce used mm-hmm. for a long time. I don't know if they're still using it, but mm-hmm. it was just a Mm-hmm. software with a red X over it. And in a lot of ways, you could argue that Salesforce basically built the SaaS industry on the back of that philosophical belief of no software. Even though SaaS had been around before that, it was called ASP before it became SaaS, but it was, you know, been around for a long time. But but in a lot of ways, it was that mantra that carried the movement of SaaS forward. As I recall, Salesforce was the first billion dollar SaaS company. So those were just a couple that jumped out to me. But yeah, I agree. I look at my list. Very few of them are in the B2B space. None of them are really in the professional services space purely. Yeah, I, I cannot, for the life of me, and I've spent quite a bit of time reading taglines, you know, from Big Four, the human capital space. And I couldn't remember one that was memorable, and including at the firms I was at, in 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 the only, actually the only one that I do remember was at one of the HR firms that was so bad <laughs> it was memorable They're doing damage oh my gosh no it was building relationships producing results and when I saw that I'm like what does that even mean but it's the outgrowth of market testing. And I've said this before, there's three drivers of brand preference, expertise, results, and relationship. And you have nuances on that. And that firm just took that research (laughs) almost verbatim and created a tagline on it. It's just a glittering generality that means nothing to to clients. And I think more importantly, and this gets to the point that you made about Salesforce and Accenture, both of those firms and the taglines that we spoke about were all culturally driven. And we talked about the Accenture one when we were, were talking about what was it, ad campaigns, I yeah. guess, and the whole Tiger thing. But the high performance came before oh, really? Tiger. You know, that leadership team saying, this is what we want to be known for. And then the ad campaign was out. Most of these, you know, create an ad campaign and then try to change the culture to accommodate that. But the same with with Salesforce. I mean, very strong personality at the top of that. that was driving that, you know, rebel against the machine. Right. Oh, gosh, got to have an enemy. Well, and that's a really great point. You know, we talk a lot about in our branding model, we talk a lot about 
point of view, the idea that a firm has to have a, a governing perspective on the world. It has to have a worldview. And you can argue that that's a firm-wide point of view or maybe a practice-specific point of view, or maybe you need a little bit of both. And we talk a lot about that point of view being about attracting and rejecting. So it's philosophically driven. So it's about attracting people that think like you do and pushing away people that don't think like you do. And, and so you could argue that maybe taglines are a encapsulment of that, a nutshell of that. And that maybe if you're trying to invest in a tagline in professional services, it's not about creating name and brand recognition and memorability the same way a consumer tagline is. Maybe it's more about just imparting mm -hmm. the philosophical belief systems and, and using it as a way to direct culture. I mean, I as you were talking, I, I dug up an old article I wrote. It's a really old article on rebranding versus refreshes. So the difference between the two and why you would consider one versus the other. Did you write that in crayon? Did I write that in crayon? I don't understand the question. <laughs> so actually, I did that. Back. I didn't even write this article. So actually, and you're quoted in the article, as a matter of fact. It was written by our account, account oh, our, our then account director. And one of the examples that he used, I thought was a really great example of a rebrand. And it was the transition from Ernst & Young to EY. And it was an example of a firm changing, literally changing the way it was communicating to the marketplace. And the taglines they used at the time are pretty interesting. So you have Ernst & Young, quality in everything we do, EY, building a better working world. So they were literally trying to change the just change the conversation around the firm. We don't want to be Ernst & Young anymore. We don't want to be driven around quality. Quality is table stakes. We want you to connect with EY philosophically because of the way we're trying to approach the world of work, right? So I could see that tagline being effective, not from a memorability standpoint, because I didn't remember it, but potentially in changing the conversation inside the firm when they were trying to go through that transition. To your point, leadership saying, hey, we got to change the way we talk here. You know, it, it, clients don't want quality and efficiency. Those are expectations. They want something different than that, something more than that. So I'll link out to that article. It's a nice article sort of explaining the difference between a refresh and a rebrand. And then it you know, alludes to that as well. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms, and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy Prudent Pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff. That was a rebrand. McKinsey just rebrand, and we talked about that. I don't think they added a tagline at that time, did they? Or slogan? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Why don't you give me a, a McKinsey tagline if you were to create one for them? <laughs> I want to hear this out of you. I can't even think of one. Uh, I'm just teasing you. Did they have one at one time? I don't think they ever did. And, and to your point, I don't know why they would need one. They are the strategist in the corner office for virtually every major corporation on the planet. And that's how you think of them and know of them. And as we've talked in that rebrand discussion, you know, the, the, the need for them to go downstream a little bit, do more implementation work, do more industry-specific thought leadership, all the things that they're doing to expand the visibility of the firm in other directions, a tagline is not going to solve that problem, most likely. So would it be a good investment of resources? I, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I think it seldom is, except to the point where you said we're trying to coalesce the culture. I think here's the important takeaway from this. Firm leadership, I think, often looks at taglines as a shortcut to a strong brand. You know, if we just got that right memorable line, people would understand the value that we offer. But I just don't think the world works that way, and particularly in B2B firms. 
And in generally in professional service firms, they don't because number one, they're made in committee and they don't want to alienate anybody. And the strongest taglines, as you said, alienate people, right? Because they tell you're in, you're out of our worldview. And most firms don't want to, to do that. The other thing that's really important, Accenture, and we talked about Tiger, is if you want a tagline to root, you have to spend millions, millions of dollars to hear that thing over and over and see it over and over and over on everything and everywhere. And if it doesn't have an emotional resonance to it, then it just becomes noise and annoyance. So it has to speak to some kind of zeitgeist, if you will. And I think this is one of the fundamental flaws of B2B taglines. You just can't hit an emotional tone in a B2B purchase other than, you know, hey, this is a safe purchase and you're not going to make a career limiting move. And maybe the flip of that, oh, if you buy us, then you're going to keep climbing in your organization. But I mean, there's no like real emotional resonance with any B2B tagline. Yeah, for the most part, I would agree. I think the, the one outlier to that where you can bring emotion to the marketing and emotion to the tagline if you wanted to do one would be if you're targeting business owners, particularly small business owners. And I can't think of the name of the firm right now, but I know there was a firm at one time that really targeted you know, the owners of small businesses. It was a consulting firm. And the message was really about this isn't just about your business. It's also about your life and your family. And so when you're speaking to private or family-owned businesses, private owners, you have to recognize that there's a blurry relationship between work and, and life. And that's fuzzy at best. And that's the one place where you probably can speak you know, to some emotional uh, feel, but it's not going to be easy. And there's not many firms that really want to target that audience for obvious reasons. That's the only place I can think of where there's some of that. Although... I guess, you know, Salesforce accomplished it, right? They accomplished it with a philosophical way of looking at the world and getting people behind that. And that, that there's certainly an emotional us against the establishment type message to that that could be played in many places. So I guess I wouldn't exclude it altogether. All Say so it's not it's not possible. It's just incredibly hard. It's hard to get at the, the emotional context of a buy that's not about risk reduction, as you said. Well, when I was thinking about this, the interesting thing to me is I think some of the best taglines actually come out of local marketing. And I don't even necessarily mean that they're great taglines that you love them. They're great taglines because you remember them and you connect them back to the organization, the company over and over again. Auto dealers, HVAC contractors, those people that are advertising still on television using audio tags have some of the most memorable taglines that stick and you can remember them and you can tie them back to those organizations very easily. To me, that's where an investment in a tagline is paying back in spades for organizations. And I'll give an example. In Columbus, there's a HVAC contractor called Atlas Butler and they've got a tagline and, it's, and it comes with an audio tag and it says, Atlas Butler at your service, call 1-800-FURNACE. I remember off the top of my head, anytime they've been running that same audio tag forever, but it's, you know, in that instance, it works exceptionally well because how many HVAC contractors can I name in Columbus, Ohio? Uh, I don't know, three. <laughs> you know, how many of them can I name a phone number for? Mm-hmm. One. You know, so it's like, and I also think, especially for local marketers, 
they drastically underestimate the value of those types of simplistic messages that bring with them audio resonance and memorability. Some of that art of marketing has been lost and the firms that have hung on to it, the organizations that have hung on to it, that have the right, you know, the right type of product for that type of advertising are still having a lot of success with that type of very simplistic tagline driven theme-based audio-based advertising. And I have another one I can give you. It's not a local mm-hmm. brand, but, but it's another, another one along those lines. So this is one, I actually just happen to know a guy inside of the organization and I'm not going to name him because I don't want to get him into trouble, but it's Safe Light. Do you know, I assume you know what Safe Light does. What does Safe Light do? Oh, uh, windshield. Yeah, windshields. So their, their audio tag and their tagline is Safe Light Repair, Safe Light Replace. And it, that's a little audio thing that goes with their ad campaigns. And what's really fascinating about their ad campaigns is that, and this is why I brought it up, is that there's one of the few organizations I've ever encountered in my entire life where there is literally a direct relationship between ad spend and sales. So every time they fly a media campaign, there's a direct correlation to sales lift, no matter where they run it. And it all hinges back to this very simplistic message about repair and replace. <laughs> you can repair or replace your windshield. And mm-hmm. there's no cost to repair it, by the way. So, Well, now that is such a perfect example, in particular if you're on radio, you're sitting in your car and you're looking through a windshield that's cracked or has some kind of pit in it. And you're just like, well, look at that. There's a radio message. There's my problem. And I can call and fix on it right now. It's like the perfect combination of hitting your buyer right where they're at. I can understand why that one would be very good. So where do we net out on this? I mean, I I don't know if we added any new language or, or new thinking here. I mean, so taglines, good investment, bad investment. Well, here, I'll, I'll net it out with this advice. If you're a managing partner, CEO in the B2B world, don't ask your marketing team to give you a tagline before they do hundreds of other things <laughs> first. And marketers, if a managing partner, CEO or partner comes to you and says, hey, we need a tagline, say to them, no, you don't. We need to focus on our culture and make sure we have a consistent culture that we're living out that both attracts and repels customers and future employees. If you use that as the starting point and, and then you know what you're trying to accomplish. And if if the tagline is going to be about coalescing, as you said, you know, an internal culture, you don't need a big ad campaign or anything with that. But if you are going to make an investment in this, you have to invest a lot and there has to be a huge sustained ad campaign. And most firms, I just don't think, have the tolerance for that. And more often than not, uh, they get bored. They're like, oh, we've had that tagline for so long. It's time for a new one, which is actually the time it's probably starting to resonate in the market. By the time you're getting sick of it, that's when people are finally just starting to hear it. But I just think there's so many other places to invest time and and money than a tagline, which in most firms is an attempt to a shortcut to growth. And it just doesn't work. I think that's a great way to close. I was going to say the that I was going to add on the thing you just said. The only other thing I would add to it would be maybe a reason that you see a, a partner looking for a tagline. You, you mentioned it's a shortcut. It's it's a quick way you know, in their mind. It's a, it's a quick solution to a very complex problem of how do we get growth. And 
in some instances, they probably mm-hmm. work with a lot of the consumer-oriented companies that have used taglines and that type of very simplistic advertising messaging to great success. And they think to themselves, well, why can't we do that here? Why can't we simplify our message down to five words? And ride that to success. And so there's, there's sort of this belief system that, you know, there's always that conversation about do consumer marketing principles apply to B2B settings? And, and there's, as we've talked in times, there are some things that absolutely do and some things that absolutely don't. And this is probably one of those things where it usually probably doesn't work very well. You don't have all of the conditions to be successful, as you pointed out with that safe flight campaign. There are specific conditions that make that successful related to getting the right message in front of the right person at the right time. And. In the context of a firm, a tagline is probably rarely the right message, often not, you know, the right time <laughs> for it to be seen. So probably it probably fails all those conditions would be fine. All right. So next week we're on the world tour of edge marketing ideas here. So we're going to talk about naming next week. So <laughs> you took us down a path of taglines. Now you're going to take us on a path of naming. We have a guest joining us. So I think it'll be really interesting. So I'll look forward to having that conversation uh, next week. Yeah. And what a interesting time as so many iconic names are changing. So yeah, I think it's going to be a fun conversation. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you next week. Have fun at the beach, buddy. All right, man. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher. 